In this week's episode of The Selling Podcast, we continue our three-part series with Series 2, Episode 2 of Territory Mapping. Today, we talk about relationship mapping. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to The Selling Podcast. If you're really enjoying what we're talking about on the podcast, please take time to subscribe and share us with a friend. You can also look for us on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn. We'd love to talk with you. Now let's get into this week's episode. All right, we're recording. With over 50 years and millions of worldwide traveled miles between the two of us, we have tasted defeat and relished in sweet, sweet victory. Looking for inspirational entertainment, motivation, and practical insights to drive your business? Welcome to The Selling Podcast. Mike, as we look at relationship mapping, I think there's three key bullet points. Who knows who? who's related to, to, to who and who buys from who and why. I think oh, when it all good. comes down to it, that's that's it. And you have to know those things. I thought you were going to talk about relationship mapping and make me explain where all my girlfriends were when I was in school. But I like this idea a lot better. That would have been a really short episode. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you where both of them were. <laughs> um, you know, that's essentially because... I do a little exercise when we do sales training and I'll, I'll pick somebody out and I'll ask them specific questions about their best friend. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I, it's kind of like a dating profile. And I keep asking these questions and they get more and more personal or more and more obscure. And people are going, why are you wanting to know all this? And then I use that as kind of an illustration that we know a lot about certain people and their relationships only by asking questions. And so the who knows who, and we're talking business relationships, not the romantic interest, right? Mm-hmm, correct. The, the who knows who, who's doing business where, how are they connected and how are they related? Where are the competitors? All of those things are critical in territory management and in relationship mapping. This is a commonly missed piece in sales. A lot of people feel that to know their individual, their prospect is that's that's the result. That's what you want to do. The reality is when you know all of their relationships, who they're connected to, and once again, I want to be clear, we're not talking about just LinkedIn connections because that's that's fine. That tells you who potentially is connected to whom. But what I want to know is who's influential? How are all these pieces connected? Because when I know influencers, that's when I can start pushing levers and buttons and having different conversations with different people. Yeah, and it makes more sense because the who knows who inside accounts, it's typically a pretty small community. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, it's typically a pretty small community. And people are always changing seats on the bus, right? They're always going to a new industry or to a new entity inside the industry. They're always going to a competitor. And so keeping track of all of that and keeping tabs on who is where and when mm-hmm. makes setting those connections much, much easier. Yeah, absolutely. I I think the statute of limitations has passed. It's been seven years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as a statute of limitations. <laughs> working in South Florida, I was working with a group. And when I say working, I was selling to people who they were affiliated with. And I knew this group individuals, this business, I knew that they were breaking the law somehow. I didn't know how, I didn't know exactly what I just knew in my gut. They were breaking the law. It didn't pass the smell test. Not at all. Not at all. It just, it felt so, it felt ugly. And so what I did 
is I sat down with one of my reps and we mapped out everybody that does business either in or out of that organization. And I was so, so odd because we wrote small and it took two letter sized papers to be able to map out all of the connections. It looked like spaghetti noodles of, hey, this person sells this person, this person will, this person ends up selling to this person and come to find out this person buys from this person who buys from this person who comes from this organization. So what I, my goal was to be able to do business there. I, I had to find out who I could do business with, keeping myself separated from this group who I just felt wasn't doing something appropriate. And so having this spaghetti noodle map allowed me to know, okay, here's where the relationships lie. Cause I didn't want to talk bad about the individual. And I also didn't want to be blatantly obvious that, Hey, I'm not doing business with this because if I, this individual, because if I did, it would on that spaghetti noodle chart, it would cut me out of certain places. I could just do business and that would cut my legs from under me. So I wanted to keep my business clean. I also want to know who had the relationships. So making a relationship map was super crucial to the work that I was doing down in South Florida. I like that. I find that constructing the relationship map or at least post-it notes really helps you kind of imagine what's going on inside accounts too. Yeah, absolutely. When the dynamics, when you realize that, hey, this manager is married to this individual, it, it, it helps. Yeah, as you're saying, it helps you understand the dynamics of the account when you're able to put all those pieces together. Absolutely. And those don't show up on LinkedIn. Nah, typically, no. Those are the <laughs> things you have to discover by trial and error or well, by and making it's, big well, mistakes. It, and it's also, you know, understand if you're in an account, who else is selling into that account? That should be part of the relationship map. So as you build out the map of, you know, company XYZ, so company XYZ, who are all their vendors? And I'm going to list out all of their vendors. And then I'm going to, in those vendors, okay, who are those vendors buying from? Or if they're manufacturing, that's great. Who else are they manufacturing to? Because I want to basically have some sort of relationship with all of these individuals on my, on my relationship map. So then I can have very good, thorough conversations with company XYZ because I know all the players. And when we look about time building expertise, what time expertise is, one of the pieces is when you're able to connect all of those relationship pieces together and you're able to go to company XYZ and say, hey, listen, here's what you're doing well. I want to introduce you to some other people in that I can put in that relationship map that are going to help you accelerate what you're trying to accomplish. And one of the things I think we neglect or forget to do at times, we're tracking potential customers, but we're really not tracking where the competition is. We're not tracking who is using who, what products, and are they changing back and forth? Are they switching? Because if they're switching product or com uh, competitors and you're not part of that mix, you're missing out on a huge opportunity. So I think monitoring the competition just as well as you monitor your potential accounts is valuable. Some CRMs have that relationship type ability, but not to the extent that you're talking about. And I love it. You know, knowing, okay, they've left, they've switched to the competition. You know, okay, who else is that competition selling to? Because can they leverage that person to get into one of my other accounts? 
a CRM doesn't have that ability quite yet to the extent that you're that you're proposing. I yeah, love that idea. That's the tribal knowledge. That's just being current with your accounts and staying up to date on the industry and the behaviors. And that's why that's what creates your value as a sales rep, a sales manager, or a sales executive. Absolutely. It's knowing it's knowing how to add the color to the continuity. So when you have that relationship map, when you're able to have the pieces put together, how can you use that for your advantage, Mike? What are you after? What are you searching for here? Uh, I'll just answer it then. I was just curious. <laughs> I, I was just curious to see what you'd come up with. <laughs> with with that relationship map, one of the easy ways to to benefit from that map is to create commonalities in people. People typically don't like to be the first to buy something. They don't like to be the first to experience something in most cases. So when you're able to create that commonality relationship map to say, this person is using it and I know that they're in your inner circle because on my relationship map, I have it somebody you reach out to consistently, then they are going to be a trusted source. And when you can say, hey, this is a trusted source, you're not the first one because they're already using my product or service, you're now going to be in that group and know that you have a trusted source of somebody who's already using it. Don't make the mistake, Mike, though, as you've mentioned previously, of trying to bring up a trusted source. You haven't done your relationship map and come <laughs> to find out it's the hated, the, the hated competition of yeah. the account right down the street. Not such a good good outcome. And th this can happen all the time. Relationship mapping isn't something that you always have to diagram it out and make a uh, conscious effort. But you need to be aware of what's happening and, and take little cues and log them for later reference. Uh, a great example, I was doing a, an international webinar and we had two surgeons, one from the UK and one from South Africa, basically opposite sides of the world. And during the conversation, it came across that they knew each other pretty well and they had a common friend. So they started referencing it back and forth. And I thought, interesting, if I'm a representative and I'm listening to that and I've got an international market, I want to make sure that I put all those pieces together and connect A and B to meet C. And so those kind of things are really critical. And that draws you into not only the relationship that they have, but you can introduce yourself and provide solutions to all of them so that you are part of the inner circle. Before we talk about a prospect flow, I, I want to just hit one point on this relationship mapping. Not only in this, in this relationship noodle map that you've put and who's connected to who, but it's also important to note why people are connected to certain individuals. So as we've mentioned, it could be a relationship, a f family relationship. It could be something of, hey, these people go on ski trips together. The reason this is important to have mapped out is because you need to know what people are sacrificing to be able to come to use your product. So for example, mm -hmm. if my comp competitor is, is selling to an account that I want and they're winter ski buddies, I need to know if that account switches to me every year, he's either giving up his winter ski time or every year he's going to have to go through the hassle of explaining to my competitor <laughs> why he's not using him. And so 
so knowing that, that allows you to then position your product in a way to say, you know what, I might never get to that level. This, this, th what I'm offering might not be of such value that he's wanting to quit his, his ski buddy friendship. Or it might sure. be that, Hey, what I'm providing is of such value that he's willing to quit that. And I need to be able to there then support him. I'm not going to become his new ski buddy. I just need to provide him that value that he can say, Hey, business is businesses, relationships, relationships, but I need to be that support to him or her. Absolutely. And, and it's easy to say to a, a potential customer that you don't want to try and end a relationship. You look forward to having that kind of personal relationship, mm -hmm. but business has to stand on its own merits. It yep. can't tie just exclusively into an emotional attachment. One thing that you mentioned before is knowing other vendors that are selling to a certain prospect or potential customer. The reason that this is beneficial is understanding also their flow. Cause mm -hmm. when somebody buys something from you, they're changing something that they're doing, or they're changing a piece of what they're doing or how they're doing it. Changing one thing is easy when you have to reinvent a whole flow or a whole system. That's when it becomes very complex. And that's when people start getting deterred away from doing it. If you know what that whole flow looks like, can map everything out and say, hey, all you're doing is swapping out a tire and putting another tire on the car. That's a whole lot better than saying, hey, I want to give you all new tires. And with that, we're going to do the tire rods. We're going to do change the axle. We're going to have to change the whole system. That's not what you want. You want to make this as seamless as possible. And knowing that relationship map allows you to say, okay, these are the connections you'll be able to keep. All I'm doing is changing out this one little piece and you'll see improved, improved success. Yeah. Cause we're not asking you to drop the whole engine in the middle of the Indy 500. We're no, not asking you can't. Nobody no, would all, do it. All we're doing is getting to understand and maybe suggesting a different tire. But you need to put those pieces together for correct for the prospect. Cause correct. you can't leave it up to them to say, okay, well, I'm seeing a huge change and wow, this seems massive. Maybe I try to scale it back. No, you need to come in there with, with the map, with the plan that says, no, you don't need to drop your engine. What you do need to do though, is we're going to have this jack that I'm going to jack it up. We're going to be ready to go. And then you're going to slap on the tire after we pull off the other one and you're good to go back in the race. It's Absolutely. that, that simple. And that's when we start getting that encouragement from others. So in that relationship map to close the deal. So now, once again, we have the map, we know the relationships, we see the commonality of the trusted sources. What we're able to do now is create that support from their trusted sources. So you're able to get encouragement from people who have already used your product and they're able to have a peer to peer. They're able to have some sort of conversation and say, hey, this works well. I've seen it. I've done it. And it's proven to be successful. Absolutely. And when you have two, two completely different individuals discussing your product and mm -hmm. you're not part of that conversation, that mm -hmm. becomes a potentially great scenario. <laughs> and I would say more than not, it's a great scenario. If you've set it up correctly, that those two people talking without you should be a great deal maker. Absolutely. It's once again, it goes back to how we started the whole thing. People don't want to be first. And if they are first, 
then they're going to want to hold somebody's hand and jump in the water off the cliff together with they somebody. They don't want to do it alone. Time. Right. Correct. Correct. And so creating that support is key. If a rep manager executive doesn't know the relationship map and how mm -hmm. everything flows together, then creating this relationship side is going to be lost and it's not going to be as the deal is not going to be as done as quickly and with as less with with least friction than if you were to have your relationship map put together yeah understanding the the complexities of the relationships in all different forms allows you to play matchmaker and you can select personality a experience b match them together so that it makes sense to the individuals makes sense to the customer and reinforces your value your product your value proposition and it turns out to be a magical moment just know that this relationship mapping changes constantly because they're relationships so just when i was in south florida i had my map my two-page map and it was great for about two weeks and then what happened was people started feeling what i felt some people got burned and what they had to do was they then started distancing themselves I needed to constantly update my map and my map said, okay, Hey, so-and-so has severed this relationship. And so now when I'm having conversations, I need to know that I'm not walking myself into certain booby traps because people have severed that relationship. I want to make sure that I'm creating those, those commonalities, creating that trusted source. Yeah. Having a great relationship map is going to definitely help you avoid the landmines. Mike, this concludes the second episode of our three part series of territory information. Today, we spoke about relationship mapping, the importance of it, and how to do it effectively. Mike, next week, we talk about targeting. And we save, targeting. To it. We save targeting for last. I love targeting. <laughs> There's a lot of information to cover. It's going to be a good that, topic. That'll conclude this the three-part series of territory mapping. So please join us next week as we discuss targeting, as we've already covered area mapping and relationship mapping. Next week is bound to be another good one. Thanks so much. Have a great week.